Hey gamers, this is Joe from What I'm Playing Now, and I have episode 130 of the podcast that was originally recorded on September 13th of 2016. Some of the games I played this weekend, wow. These are games that are just amazing and not released yet. Attack on Titan, the deck building game. The Dragon and Flagon, okay, that one is out. Harry Potter, Hogwarts Battle, Clank, and Pyramid Arcade. I also talk about a few of the games that I want to play. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to the games. This is Joe Luzzi with another episode of the What I'm Playing Now podcast. Welcome, and thank you for joining me for episode 130 of the podcast. Hey, as always, you can send me some emails. You can let me know what you're playing now. You can send those emails to whatimplayingnow at gmail.com. You can also join us in some conversations over on our board game Geek Guild. We are guild number 2440. Just look for what I'm playing now. On Twitter, you can follow me at what I'm playing now. Don't forget to drop the G like I always say. On Facebook, just do a search for what I'm playing now. Google Plus is plus.google.com slash the plus sign. What I'm playing now podcast. And then as always, our Twitch channel is twitch.tv slash what I'm playing now. All right, let's jump into a few of the things that I played for this week, and this was a very interesting week. I don't think I actually made it down to my local game store this week, but the owner of my local game store, who I've actually worked for before, and I still do quite a bit of things around the store and help out with some different things and run quite a few different events like the Pathfinder card game down there. I also demo a lot of games, help out wherever I can. Um, we know when the store was moving and locations, I, I helped out moving and everything. So I'm definitely always there to help an old friend. He actually asked me if I wanted to join him to go out to one of the Alliance distributor days that they were having out in Indiana. And I said, definitely, I would love to go. It would be really cool to actually see a lot of the stuff that's coming out. And since I demo so many games at the store when I'm there, I'm pretty much trying to sell a lot of the different things. So it worked out perfect. So I actually got to see and play a lot of things that I didn't actually get to play at Gen Con, which was really cool. And it was also really cool to meet so many great people, different publishers, game designers that were there throughout the weekend to talk to a lot of people. And it was just a great weekend. So it was Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And both Friday and Saturday night from 8 to midnight, they had an area where there were just a ton of tables set up. And you can go in and all the different publishers had games that they were showing off. I believe most of these were probably already shown off at Gen Con. So I don't really think I'm talking about anything too, too new or anything that's breaking, you know, cutting edge or anything or have any any sort of exclusive or exclusives or anything. But um, the stuff that I did play, I will say, was a hell of a lot of fun. So one of the first things I played on Friday evening, a little deck builder, and uh, several of these are actually deck builders. I don't know if that's a pattern or if I just happen to actually pick those games. But uh, the first thing I played is a deck builder, Attack on Titan, the deck building game. This one is just a kind of starts off as a normal deck builder. Uh, you have 10 cards in your hand. You're going to draw five. You're going to play the cards and try to purchase other cards. But the more interesting part of this game is you have a wall with a couple of tokens on each of the wall on, on each of the walls. And 
what's going to happen is on one side of the wall is where you're going to have all the different items, allies, and cards that you can basically purchase. On the other side of the wall is where the Titans are going to come out when they come into play. And there's a deck of cards next to the wall. And I believe it's at the end of everybody's turn. Four cards come out. And the cards will go in front of a wall based on how many cards are already there. So if they're the, the lowest wall or the, the, the spot on the wall that has the least amount of cards is where these um, cards that are coming out will get placed. And I believe that's where the Titans will go as well when they come into play. The object, the object of the game is to kill, I believe it is, four Titans that are in that deck of cards. And we came very close to actually not being able to do this because we almost ran out of cards. But on the very last turn, we were able to kill the Titan. And it was, there are just a lot of combos with the cards that you can place. The more interesting part of the game that I really enjoyed, since I'm a fan of the anime, actually, I thought that the movement that you could actually do during the game is probably one of the more unique mechanics that I've seen in a deck building game. So if you're on one side of the wall with all the items allies, let's say, and you need to cross the wall, you'll have to play a card that has movement on there. So at that point in time, you can essentially jump across the wall to the other side. You can attack any Titans that are there. You can then move adjacent to any of those spaces. So you're maybe not on the same space as a titan at the end of your turn if you would like to stay on that side of the wall but then you also risk at the end of the round a titan being placed on top of you so normally what most of us were doing is just like in the anime we would move adjacent to each other on you know between on the allies on the ally and item side and equipment side of the you know board we would jump across using a movement card attack the titan do as much damage as we could, and then hopefully have movement to be able to jump back to the safe side of the wall to where we have a possibility of not being attacked. There are some Titans when they come into play or during their turn, they can basically attack instantly and will could cause you damage or to cause you to take some wounds. If you already have a wound that's showing, you can die actually, but then you get to come back as a different character at the end of the round. This can happen once per game. If somebody dies a second time, the game is over and your team will lose. So as you can tell from the way I'm talking, this is a co-op game where all of the players are working together to defeat the Titans. I really like this game. I thought the game art was very good. The movement mechanic that I thought was extremely reminiscent of the anime in the way that they actually do the attacks on the show and the way they kind of just attack the Titans from all sides and that that movement mechanic jumping across the wall and then back just really reminded me of that. And I I thought this was a pretty solid deck builder. And I'm kind of excited for this one to, to come out now. I think this would definitely be one that I would add to my collection. So Attack on Titan, the deck building game. If you have a chance to play this, if you like deck builders, and if you like the anime, definitely check this one out. I have a feeling you're going to like it. And you'll probably be picking that one up. Then the next game that I played is not a deck builder, actually. And that was the Dragon and Flagon. This is a little barroom brawl type game. And when I was first reading the box on this one, I wasn't too sure what to think about this one. I had heard some some good talk about this one down at the board game store, but I hadn't didn't have a chance to actually play it because I believe this one came out a week or two ago. Uh, but Stronghold Games actually had this one on the table and they were showing this one off there uh, during the weekend. So I sat down and we played a quick game of this one. We played a shortened game. We didn't actually play the whole game, 
But I will say this is a great, cool, fun little game. Uh, essentially, what you're doing is you're controlling two different characters. This is more of a programming game in that each turn you're going to make sure that each of your characters that's in front of you is going to have two cards that they can play. There is going to be a stack of tiles on the side of the board based on the movement from the last round. You will flip over the that top tile. It will have a picture of a character on there, and that's who gets to take an action. Some of the different actions you can program, you could do a movement. You could do like some sort of movement. You could do a lunge. You can pick up an item. You can throw an item you can have. You can kick a barrel at somebody. If you're standing on a table, you can actually swing across the bar to the other side of the bar and possibly kick somebody like what happened in our game. One of the ladies that was playing sitting next to me was standing on a bar, actually came flying across the bar, hit one of the other ladies that was at our table who I had just attacked, knocked her down off of the table she was standing on. You can push and move the tables to knock somebody off of it. You can pull the rug out from under somebody. Each character also has a special ability that you might get to use if you play your cards properly. This game really took me by surprise, I will say. I wasn't too sure, like I said, just from reading the contents of the box, how the game was going to play, but the programming aspect of the game works perfectly for this. You have to really think ahead. You try to get your two characters to maybe work together to kind of line something up to where maybe you're moving a table and then pull, put, having somebody you know, do an attack on, on somebody else or taking some movements and just trying to kind of line each other up to be able to maybe play off of each other, which is a really kind of neat mechanic. It was one that I really hadn't thought of before in that I kind of just thought everybody controlled one character. But then when we were told that everybody normally plays two characters when they're playing the game, that really made the game play, I think, that much better because it really doesn't isolate you then to be on different parts of the board. And it kind of just puts more people into the bar and being able to flip the tables and destroy tables and destroy chairs if you can hit somebody over the head with it. And, you know, like I said, to throw the beer mugs at everybody. And everything is built basically in 3D. So you have little wooden beer mugs. You have chairs that are made out of cardboard that you're putting together. And the tables are the same thing. So everything on the board is 3D in look and appearance, which just gives the game a great, great look to it. When somebody's walking by and they see other people playing this game, they are definitely going to stop and look because you can't help but wonder what game is this? What are all these pieces that basically looks like a bar? And then you find out that all the people are in the middle of a barroom brawl and it's just a game that you then want to sit down and learn instantly. So Dragon and Flagon, a very, very cool programming game from Stronghold Games, one that you definitely want to check out. The next game that I played, another deck builder. Like I said, there were a couple of these this weekend, so that's, that's kind of what I went for, and I'm not too sure why, but that's, that's what happened. But Harry Potter Hogwarts Battle, this was a game that was extremely popular at Gen Con. I believe it sold out very quickly at Gen Con. There were people that were really wanting to not only buy this game, but play this game. I didn't have a chance to play it at Gen Con, so I was kind of happy that I sat down and played it here. This game actually does have a board to it. You're going to have a couple of locations that you're that are kind of like a timer i guess you can say because when you play certain cards um, or bad things possibly happen you put like a little token on these locations and 
when you fill one of those up, that location goes away. If you lose both of those, I believe, you lose the game. This is another co-op game in that you have a stack of bad guys that you're actually trying to defeat. There are two of, ba two of the evil people out on the board at one time. I believe in this one you are starting out again with a hand of 10 cards, and there is two rows of cards, which will have different spells that you can purchase during your turn, as well as items and allies. The allies do different things. The spells can do different things. It's a, it's a good deck builder, but I have a feeling this is going to be more of a deck builder for fans of Harry Potter. This one, from my opinion, it really didn't bring too much new to the table as far as deck builders went. And I have a feeling that the people who are really going to enjoy this game are going to be Harry Potter fans. If you're a deck builder fan, you will probably enjoy this. But if you're a deck builder fan, you probably have a bunch of deck builders already in your collection. And if you're not a Harry Potter fan, this may be one that you definitely want to sit down and try first. On your turn, you can have cards that will give you two different types of currency. One type of currency will let you purchase spells. The other one will actually let you do damage to the different characters. At the beginning of your turn, what you're going to be, have to do is flip over one card, which is almost like an event card. This event card normally does something bad, and two, the two evil villains that are on the table can also do something bad to you at the beginning of your turn. Maybe take some damage, which hopefully you might have some sort of defense card to defend that against. And on your turn, all you're trying to do is just build up your deck of cards, attack the players that are on, attack the evil characters that are on the board, defeat them, remove them from the board, new ones will come out. And basically, you're just rinsing, rinsing and repeating this. Now, we played a, I believe, stripped-down kind of version of the game. There are a lot of different decks, and there may actually be a lot of, a few more mechanics into the game that I did not see. So when this one comes out, and I actually get to play this down at my local game store, I'll do a couple demos of this one to actually see if there are some things that I didn't miss, because I know that the one gentleman who was showing it to us was showing us that there were a lot more deck of cards, decks of cards actually in the box that could be used. There are different levels of Harry and his friends. And as you level them up or playing with them at the higher levels, they actually do have different abilities that we didn't have in the lower level characters that we were playing as. So it seems like there's kind of like a campaign that they have built into this one. And like I said, this is one that definitely I know will appeal to Harry Potter fans. So if you are a Harry Potter fan, this is a game you're definitely going to want to check out. If you're not a Harry Potter fan and maybe just a deck builder, I would say play this one first before picking this one up. And then the last little deck builder that I played, no more deck builders after this, I promise, is a little game called Clank. This was a game that I was not familiar with. I had not actually seen before. I don't even remember seeing this one at Gen Con and I probably walked past it. Um, which is a which is a big possibility at, that sometimes does happen. But I was really impressed with this deck builder. This deck builder is being put up by Renegade Game Studios, also published co-published by Direwolf Digital. And what you're doing in this deck builder, this deck builder has a board to it, and the board is a big dungeon. You're going to seed said dungeon with different tiles. There are locations on the board where you're going to put different tokens on there. And these are going to be tokens that you can flip over if your little meeple that you're walking through the dungeon lands on them first. You get to flip it over and you may get some sort of reward. You could also find a dragon egg, which will move the dragon along the bottom of the board. And we'll, we'll talk about him in a minute, but let's continue talking about the board. The board is also seated with different treasure. 
the lower uh, the lower spots on the board have the higher amounts of treasure the middle part of the board has you know treasure that just isn't as expensive there's also a couple of markets that are on the board where if you have enough gold you can buy different items like maybe a backpack so you can carry more loot as you're going through the dungeon and and you know it, that's what basically what's going to help you win one of the other really neat things about this game is the way the board is designed. If you're on the far right of the board, the board can loop around to the left side of the board. So it's almost like if people remember playing Pac-Man back in the day where you can exit out on one side, enter on the other, and then continue your movement, which was really cool for me because there was one spot on the board where I went down and kind of thought I went down into this little alcove and I was like, how do I get out of here? And that's when I was it was explained to me that you can go to the right side, enter on the left side, and then I start working my way down the left side. So the really interesting thing about this game is there's a dragon on the bottom of the table. This dragon is what's going to be causing the player's damage throughout the game. As you're playing your cards, what you're going to do is you're going to be playing cards that are going to build up a currency so you can purchase other cards. There's going to be a row of cards along the top that are going to be refilled when a card is purchased. There's also cards above there. I believe it's four cards that are that are constant and there's a stack of those cards that you can purchase at any time as well. So as you're playing a card, there, car, there could be something on the card that says plus one clank. So what what is happening here when you're playing a card like this is cards that you purchase that are equipment based or maybe weapon based are going to make more noise within a dungeon as you're going down into the dungeon. Every time you play a card that has plus one clank on it or possibly more, you're going to take one of the metal or one of the wooden cubes that you have in front of you, and you're going to set that onto an area of the board that's the clank area, and all of your cubes are going to start accumulating there. What happens when someone actually reveals an egg tile, one of the little egg tokens, there's a dragon egg token that somebody can reveal, all of those wooden bits, all of the little wooden cubes are going to get picked up, put into this dragon bag where there's around 20 or so black cubes, which are just filler cubes um, and, and nothing else. And when the dragon actually is activated, the person who activated him will get to draw cubes out of that bag. If you draw someone's color, that cube will get placed down on the bottom of the board where each color has their own hit point chart. It's basically like a health chart. Kind of looks like a little hit point chart from a video game. So if that area actually fills up on the board, that person is dead and they are out of the game. I don't think they come back, but I'm not 100% certain on that. When I get this game, because this game is definitely getting added to my collection, I'll have to look that up. So it's really interesting because you have people traversing through the dungeon, but then there's also a little catch as well. If you want to just traverse to the upper part of the dungeon, grab a few pieces of loot and then get out quickly while other people are trying to go down to the lower parts of the dungeon, the first person out of the dungeon kind of kicks off the end game sequence. What happens here is each round, the player will, when, that, when it goes back to that player's turn, they will move along the top part of the dungeon. I believe there's four spots along this top, four or five spots on the top part of the dungeon. If when they reach that end spot, the dungeon collapses anybody left within the dungeon is out of the game and you i think you just get to count the points that you currently have nothing else if you do actually escape from the dungeon i think you get plus 20 points for escaping besides all of the other loot 
victory points that you obtained while playing the game. An expansion for this could possibly include some PvP. I think that'd be kind of neat to be able to maybe set some traps for people or maybe be able to attack somebody, but that could possibly throw off the game, so it would definitely have to be tested. So while you can't attack your opponents, you can definitely try to see where they're at in the dungeon. And if you can, if you have enough movement cards on you, you can get out faster than them. You may be able to trap them in there and limit them from getting more victory points. I really like this game. This was probably the game of the weekend for me that I had played. Clank is definitely getting added to my collection. I think it's a really, really cool deck builder. I really enjoyed the mechanic of going down into the dungeon. It kind of reminded me of some of the rogue-like video games that I play, kind of like Splunky and some of the other games along that nature, in that you're kind of going through a dungeon, trying to collect loot, you're trying to get out and, you know, see how, how far you can get before actually possibly dying or getting out and then getting a lot of victory points. So if you haven't checked out Clank, Clank is one to definitely look at. As, like I said, this is one that has jumped up to the top of my list that I will be purchasing the day and date that it is released, which I believe is sometime in October, if I remember correctly. At least I'm hoping it is because I really would like to start playing this game a little bit more. So that is called Clank, a really, really good game. And then the last game that I played was a little game from Looney Labs. I played some of their Pyramid Arcade games which I had seen before on BoardGameGeek. I had watched a couple of the videos of some of the Pyramid games that were coming in this box that was on Kickstarter. I believe there's 22 different games that you can actually play if you kickstarted it. I believe you can get an extra set of these green pyramids that will come in the box. And I will say the presentation and the look of these pyramids are, are beautiful. The game just looks great. And it was surprisingly a hell of a lot of fun when I sat down and played three of the different games. One of the games I played is going to be, I think it's an octagon where you're putting a bunch of different colored pyramids on there and then you're swapping pyramids to try to get all of the similar color pyramids together. And each time you do a swap between two pyramids, you're moving one of the other sort of pyramids that you aren't playing with from like one side of the table to the other. It's basically just like a little timer. Which is, which is an interesting little concept because you're limiting yourself to how long you have to kind of like figure out the puzzle and get all the colors together. But the other thing that makes the game kind of interesting is when you're doing the swaps, not only do you have different colors of pyramids, you have three different sizes of pyramids as well. So you can either swap the same size pyramid or the same color pyramid to try to get the different colors together, which adds a whole different aspect to the game when you're moving the different pyramids around. One of the other games we played was kind of like a little King of the Hill type game with the pyramids. Everybody has three pyramids um, in front of them. They have basically a one, two, and a three sized pyramid. They're going to roll two six-sided dice on their turn. They will choose the higher amount of the two, and that's how much movement they get with their pyramids. This game is played on a small square board where you're trying to take over the center three positions either horizontal or vertical from you and get all three of your pyramids into those three center spots so on your turn if you roll a five you can move your three pyramid onto the board and then maybe your one pyramid twice or your two pyramid once everybody 
on their turn will roll the die, move their start moving their pyramids onto the boards, and everybody's working towards the center of the of the board. But they throw in a little trick here. If the same numbered pyramid jumps on top of another pyramid or a lower numbered pyramid, the pyramid that was jumped on is removed and sent back off the board. So it's almost like you're attacking your opponents and kind of just like knocking them back to the beginning, which can lead to a, I don't want to say a lengthy game, but it it definitely adds way more strategy to the game because you're constantly getting close to the center of the board and then somebody has a good roll and just comes in and knocks you off. And you have to rethink your strategy as to how you want to get that piece back onto the board, how you want to get it back into the center of the board, if you should be just moving around somebody or maybe jumping on top of them and trying to knock them off. There was a heck of a lot of strategy in the game, way more than I was expecting. And I it was just a it was just a heck of a lot of fun. These are games that kids and adults will both like. And it's it was just a really, really cool game. There was one other game we played where everybody has three pyramids in front of them, as well as I think there was two in the center. And what you can do on your turn is you're kind of swapping toke or you're kind of swapping pyramids between the center or with somebody else and trying to get three of the same pyramids on, on your side. Again, this is a lot easier than it appears to be because somebody is always taking something that you may want or giving you something you don't need. I had come close to being able to win the game, but I had an extra pyramid on my side where I had four pyramids one time and you only have to, you only, you, you need three to win and you can only have three on your side to win. So trying to get rid of the pyramids where you're kind of taking a pyramid or giving a pyramid is basically what the game is based on is really fun and exciting as well because you don't know if you're ever going to receive or have one taken from you and it's just a heck of a lot of fun. There are so many different things that you can do with the pyramid game. I'm definitely going to be can't wait to demo this one when it comes into the store because I only played three of the 22 but um, you know I have a feeling that a lot of these other pyramid games are going to be just as good as some of the ones that I played. So that is it. Those are the games that I played for my weekend and here's a couple of games that I want to play. While I was there Games Workshop actually had on the table a little game of Blood Bowl 5th Edition. They're actually re-releasing Blood Bowl. I played Blood Bowl back in the day, so I kind of would like to check out the new version. I don't think too much has changed role-wise, so I'm interested to see how this game is going to go over. It still seems like there's a lot of people who want to play Blood Bowl. I actually have a lot of people down at the game store that I go to who are currently in the process of playing Guild Ball. And that's a game that is extremely popular at my store right now. And I've actually been thinking about getting into that game and getting a team. So I don't know how much time I'll be playing with Blood Bowl 5th Edition, but I definitely wouldn't mind playing a game or two when it does come out just to see how it goes and to see how the game looks. I mean, for what I saw of the game at this from this weekend, the game actually looked pretty good. And it seemed that the pieces and everything were reminiscent of, you know, the older editions that I had played so many years ago. So we'll have to see about that one. Then there was another game that seemed to have some buzz going on around it. And that was a game called Oceanos. This is a game from ILO. Kind of interested in seeing this one. This is a drafting game where each player is controlling a submarine. The art on this game, I will say, was really cool. The subs looked really neat. The way the cards looked amazing, which is something that just definitely draws your eye to the table 
when the cards were on the table because it's just an under a whole underwater view where there's different fish and coral and everything. So this is a game that I've heard has some buzz going around it right now. So this is something that I'm really interested in seeing. And that game is Oceanos. And we'll have to see when that one comes out, how that one plays. So those are a few things I saw this weekend that I'm kind of interested in, as well as a few other things. I actually got to see the, the Crow game, which looks really good, as well as the new Buffy board game that's coming out. Both of those caught my eye, and I will be looking for those in the near future, hopefully, once those get released. But other than that, it was just a great weekend with a lot of great people. I can't thank the owner of my local game store enough for inviting me to go along with him. It was just really cool to be able to see some of these things, especially since I didn't get to spend all four days down at Gen Con. But other than that, that's it for this episode, everybody. Thanks for joining me. As always, you can send me some emails. Let me know what you're playing now. You can send those emails to what I'm playing now at gmail.com. You can also join us in some conversations over in our board game Geek Guild. We are guild number 2440, and that is guild what I'm playing now on Twitter at what I'm playing now. Don't forget to drop the G like I always say. On Facebook, our group is what I'm playing now. Look for my page there. Google Plus is plus.google.com slash the plus sign. What I'm playing now podcast. And then, of course, our Twitch channel is twitch.tv slash what I'm playing now. Hopefully, in some of the upcoming weeks, I will have some great interviews coming up from some of the people that I met this weekend. So many great people. I can't even start naming everybody. So we're just going to say keep an eye out on the Twitter feed. And I will make some announcements as to when I get some interviews scheduled. And I have a feeling we should have some pretty good ones coming up here in the future. Until next week, everybody knows what you need to go do. Go out there, play some games, and then let me know what you're playing now. Thanks for joining me, everybody. Have a great week, and I will see you later. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.